0: Even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: You are listening to the next best series podcast, and this is my interview with Emmy nominated composer Nicholas Britell for season three of Succession. You are Kendall Roy. You are fucking Kendall Roy.
2: Is it true? He's on his way? Yeah, I don't
0: see him yet with his stupid walk. No drama. We're good. We're gonna fucking kill him. The revolution will be televised! He's our dad, but he was gonna send me to jail. He'd do the same to all of us. Chib, are you
2: okay? Are you part of this family or not?
0: If I back you against Dad, you would need to let me take over.
1: Whoa, Nelly! Everyone's going to battle in armor, and I'm sitting here. Exposed. Logan is going to fire a million poisonous
0: spiders down your dickie.
1: That, that sounds like kind of dramatic, Tom.
0: Ask yourself, do you want to be on the side of good or evil? You tell him, I'm going to grind his fucking bones
1: to make my bread.
2: He says he's going to grind your bones to make his bread. Okay, tell him that I'm going to run up off the fucking
0: beanstalk.
1: It's kind of laughing, but not, like, nice laughing. Nicholas Bretel, what an honor it is to have you back on the show, sir. It's been a couple of years, uh, very sentimental for me, actually, because believe it or not, you were my first podcast interview for uh, Next Best Picture way, way back when for Moonlight in 2016. Oh,
2: wow. That's amazing. I didn't realize that.
1: No, nah, I mean, I, I actually had to look it up myself today. I'm like, was he
2: really <laughs> the first? No way. Yeah. Uh, so we've come a long way, uh, both wow. of us, uh, since yeah. then. Well, I'm I'm honored uh, to be back and, and honored to learn that I was the first uh, guest. That's incredible.
1: Absolutely. Well... Hey, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today about your Emmy nomination for Succession Season 3. Not the first time you've been nominated for this show. You've also won an Emmy for the main title uh, theme song, which in and of itself is now considered iconic uh, amongst myself and a bunch of others who watch the show. And even those who don't watch the show are familiar (laughs) with it. So kudos to you for making one of the most memorable themes uh, in modern history.
2: <laughs> you never know how this stuff is going to happen. Honestly, it's uh, every, you know, I think so much of this is you get a joy from, from, from working on these projects. I get a joy from writing music and, um, and you never know once you, once you sort of release it into the world, you never know what's going to happen. And yeah. uh, did not um, certainly never imagined that, the succession music would take on the life of its own that it has in a way. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but a great, you know, great feeling uh, to know that people are interacting with it and memeing with it or what have you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I I know that for myself personally, Um, I tend to sometimes, I'm sure annoyingly so hit up your DMS and I'm always asking, yo man, (laughs) it's been weeks since the season finale. When is that soundtrack dropping?
2: (laughs) You know, it's funny, the soundtracks, Um, I, I spend a lot of time working on those albums and Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's different, there's different sort of philosophies I think around soundtrack albums. But for me, my own personal philosophy is I really want to make sure not just that the quality of the audio is absolutely the best it can be for the album mix, but also, you know, really making sure that the, the, the flow of the album is, is, is the best for a listening experience Mm -hmm. um, that it's really representative of all the different ideas um, and it, and it, you know, honestly, it takes a lot of time to do that. So it's not, um, sometimes if I take a little longer, maybe releasing these, than than people might expect it's honestly just cause it takes a really long time and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to give it, um. I don't want to give anything less than the fullest effort. You know what I mean? So so I really put a lot into those. And, uh, you know, that's sometimes maybe why it takes a little longer.
1: (laughs) Well, it's worth it because along (laughs) with Hans Zimmer, you are most of my rotation for your work. So
2: I'm I'm very honored. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Uh, So tell me about the challenges of recording season three during COVID. Uh, Was it, you know, how different was it than uh, previous experiences working on the show?
2: Well, you know, just speaking about broadly about working in COVID, it's definitely more complicated Mm -hmm. So many ways. Um, One thing that's been interesting that I've done on basically all my projects during COVID is, you know, you're able, the technology is there. So you really can do remote recording in a much more um, really, really like you can actually do it. (laughs) I think before, you know, there was a way pre COVID, I think, you know, people, people could record things and send something to you. But the thing there's a program called audio movers that we've used a lot, Mm -hmm. uh, which enables you to have an instantaneous link to the basically the board mix of studio. So that helps a lot in being able to do things remotely Um, there, you know, so it's just, it's just a lot of different variables. Um, It's harder. You can't, you know, if you do get a room in a studio, you can't get as many people in there. So you have to change, mix things. I mean, there's a lot of different variables, but you know, to, to a great extent, I think we've, we've figured out how to do that on basically every project sort of falls in that category. I think, Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I think as far as, you know, differences on what I did on season three, just even, you know, concept wise, recording wise, I would say that, um, you know, uh, interesting, you know, the very end of the season, you actually hear what one of the big differences is that I, we use voices for the first time. Coral. Yeah. That's a new, that was something. And, and that was interesting because that was, um, that was something that I talked to Jesse about before, uh, I think even before they shot the season. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was partly kind of an idea of like, you know, what's one thing that could potentially exist in this musical universe of succession that feel maybe part of it, but that would sort of take it to this other, even more arch kind of place,
1: you know? I mean, like I kind of view it as almost like I've always viewed the show as having this grandiosity and this operatic quality to it. So that I think fits right in with uh, sort of the high society uh, class aspect of it all.
2: Exactly. That idea from the very beginning, the, the, the sort of older classical kind of feeling for me was really the idea of like, that's the music that the Roy family would imagine for themselves. And then obviously it's a little, it's all out of proportion, which is me sort of saying, well, it's also this, you know, (laughs) or these like oversized hip hop beats. It's all very like, it's sort of what they would wish for themselves, but it isn't really what they would wish for themselves. Hopefully, you know, it's that kind of mixture. And I think that, um, thinking about that sound when I, I did some experiments with, with voices and choir and it mm-hmm. it's, um, it's a, you know, it's, it's a very strong move to do that. And yeah. it didn't feel right anywhere in the show itself, but I kind of saved it in the back of my mind. I was like, you know what, maybe the very last moment, but still, you never know. I mean, you know, from, from talking to me in the past, it's like, and if it really doesn't work, I don't want to do it. Like I'm, right. I'm not just I'm not just gonna do something because musically it's cool. Although you know, there's lots of things that are musically cool where I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. But just does not work here, you know. But I mean,
1: based on your scores for things like the King and also yeah. Cruella and a few others, like yeah. I, I I knew as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's so Bratell, <laughs> and it's so fitting for the moment too because Thank that you. ending is such a jaw dropper that to then have uh this choir come in during the yeah. end credits I think when you're just sitting there stunned, it totally. really really sells the moment and the impact of it all I think in a very like I said a grandiose uh sort yeah. of way where it just feels like it's now all of a sudden
2: larger than life as their lives unravel exactly. and I think that was the idea was really okay, we're at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. what do we do and how do we do a big how can I do a big conclusion to the season while also, hopefully giving us almost like a springboard into the next season, you know, cause that's the thing mm-hmm. with the very end of the seasons, like a it's a transitional moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think lyrically uh, I, you know, you never want to, I never want to impose anything into the world of the meaning of, of, of succession that isn't yeah. sort of already there in a way. I don't want to like add something that might not be there, but at the same time, I felt like the word amen, it, 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 it had a closure to it, but it mm-hmm. also had an openness in a way, like it could mean so many things in right. a sense at that moment. And so that was why Amen felt like just enough for what I was trying to say um, and have it have have it have that grandeur, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that, but that was the only moment of of the, of the choir. You know, I don't know. I don't, you know, maybe I will continue to experiment with that. I don't know, but it definitely, it, it was definitely something that Jesse and I worked on a lot that last moment. Sure. Um, actually, even down to that whole last sequence, um, Jesse and I played with a few different things where there's the music, obviously, that continues under Shiv mm-hmm. right up until the very last moment. And we even played with ideas of, like, what if the music totally goes away? Yeah. You know, what if you're just, like, in silence? And and actually, we sort of chose a middle path of, like, it's very subtle. It's even more subtle at the end. You know, you're very almost just delicate. And there's there's actually this, like, half-second pause right before the Mm -hmm. and we and we even like played with like how that's how detailed we got with it like I
1: said selling the impact of it it's just like when it hits you it
2: hits you exactly and there's that almost like you know kind of Mm -hmm. quick breath kind of feeling so so we really and and again that's one of the wonderful things about working with Jesse it's he um he he loves going there and he's so supportive too so it's Mm -hmm. very much every every episode we go through everything together and we go, you know, every single cue. There's nothing that's just kind of like, oh, sure, you know, Nick's doing. It's like, no, no. I really, I will go through and present an entire scope of the episode to mm-hmm. Jesse so he can see everything, and then he'll send me notes on everything, and we talk, you know, and um, and that was one of them. I think you know, it's the end of the season too, so we wanted to really right. Um, but we do that on everything. We go over basically every note together, um, and and it's been a wonderful partnership. He's really um, sort of been so supportive and i would say too the way that they the way that they shoot the series the way that they edit the series you know it all of it kind of combines in a way with the writing and the performances Mm -hmm. where um where it provides a really powerful landscape for music um you know you think about things like the helicopter sequences or in uh you know the milan promenade when they're driving through milan you know in the end of episode eight or things like that where these are things that you don't necessarily have to have these huge travel sequences, you know, right. it's not, it's not like a story necessity, but there is an aesthetic quality to the show that then the music is able to kind of live in that place as well. Mm-hmm. You know, like the music can kind of inhabit this space where we get a chance to kind of savor things in succession of it. Sure. There's a, you know, because it's very, it's, it's sort of a, it's like a feeling or a quality to it. It's not just the writing. It's not just, it's sort of the, totality of all these elements coming together and i think especially in the italian you know italian episodes mm-hmm. there's a there's kind of a there's there's almost like a romanticism to that which was the
1: thing that i was like thinking about too when i saw that that was the episode that you were nominated for yes uh and uh i believe uh shanta shire i don't know yeah i yes. gotcha i came you close gotcha. You um close. <laughs> I I was I was wondering because I was saying to myself well he's got the raid in episode 3 you know that ending then you have the finale so I went back and I rewatched the episode and I was like what was it about this episode specifically that stood out to me and I do think what you're saying here about that romanticism it just has such a beautiful quality the way that the strings uh, work throughout it's not um, especially percussion heavy and Mm -hmm. it's definitely not uh, beating you over the head with like the brass strings Mm -hmm. so so, um, that like that lyricism of it all and just how beautiful it is to listen to uh, definitely stood out to me on, on a rewatch once I knew to like look out for it more
0: hello it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah,
2: and that's actually one of the things that I really, um, you know, in thinking about these different episodes, I mean, definitely the FBI raid was something that um i loved writing that music and mm-hmm. that was obviously such a such a a fun kind of uh you know tapestry to be able to 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 lean into there um but for me it was definitely the tuscany sequences that felt like they were actually musically kind of the most like the fullest extent of the musical evolution of succession that i think mm-hmm. i and in a lot of ways you know i think each season there's been a, a kind of learning process. And, and I've talked about this with you, you know, how I always feel movies as you're, as you're working on them, they kind of tell you things, you know, they sort of, you try things out and the movie sort of says, you know, no, (laughs) or, or you try something in the movies, like, no, no, I want more of that, you know, Mm -hmm. you feel that and you're learning kind of, as you go, there's this sense of discovery of like, oh, wow, this actually feels right. And, oh, what if I tried to go further in that direction? And I think each season of Succession, One of the amazing things, one of the challenging things, one of the amazing things about television is it's so long. You have so much real estate. And so season one, we learned a lot. I tried a lot of things. Season two went much further. And in season three, I think went even further Mm -hmm. in the sense that these are, you know, these are full on kind of, they're not even, you know, evolutions. These are totally kind of their own world of music that, uh, That that worked for the season, but also that Jesse was so supportive and encouraging me to kind of go there and really explore that feeling. Um, there's a like you use the words lyrics, there's a sort of Italian lyricism. There's this sort Mm -hmm. of soaring kind of melody feeling um to their to their sojourn (laughs) in Italy, you know. So um, and um, and I laugh just because every moment of this show for me, you know, is this it's like this the comedy and the tragedy are just like right on top of each other. Yeah. So it, on the one hand, depending on kind of what I'm thinking about or feeling in a particular moment, there's a real sadness in the show to me. I mean, there's a real grave kind of melancholy to mm-hmm. the feeling, I think of the music, certainly in the show. Um, but then at the exact same moment, there's this kind of absurd, <laughs> You know, ridiculousness. You know, I'm thinking of what happens with Roman, you know. From- oh, God, yeah. So, yeah. And these kinds of things where the show has both this this grave quality, but then it also has this this lightness or this dance-like, you know, absurdity. So I think that's, that's one of the joys of getting to write in all these kind of different... Um, flavors, in a sense.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And you answered like my question, too, that I was going to ask you just in regards to challenges and how the music evolves season to season. I say this because every year I hear that there's the continuation of the themes that have been set up in season one, and you do slight variations on them every year. And I'm always like, what is he going to do with these themes this year, how is he going to take the little piano notes to hold and what is he going to do with it? You know, and so every year I'm constantly surprised uh, by the show, but also too I can't get enough of it. I love the uh, the tone uh, that you've created for the show uh, by blending these different genres together. Um, so introducing new elements into season three um when it comes to something like season four do you walk in sometimes with a mindset of i already know i want to try to introduce this if i can find a spot for it somewhere and then like you said you kind of do and maybe the story just doesn't respond to it or is it simply i got to see the episodes the scripts whatever it might be first like how does it come to you
2: it's a, it's a good question, this sort of how do I frame like my initial thoughts, you know, and right. what I try. And and I think, um, interestingly, um, one of the things that I've done, and and it's, again, it's one of these things where I don't, it has worked, I don't know why exactly it's worked, but it kind of has worked as a framing device for me and Jesse is um, after, it was right at the beginning of season two that I remember saying to Jesse, you know, let's just imagine what if season one was like, the first movement of a classical symphony, mm-hmm. you know, which is which is an allegro movement, usually like a sort of moderately fast to fast kind of exposition of ideas, both musically, but also if you think about a show, sort of that's what the sh- that a show does in its first season, you right. know. And then season two, I was like, what if season two is like our second movement? And the second movement of a classical symphony is usually. A slow movement it's maybe an adagio it's a more inward contemplative kind of moment you know mm-hmm. and i said to jesse what if that was the starting point of season two for us feeling wise you know and it turned out it worked as far as you know kendall's melancholic journey through mm-hmm. season two you know that's really where we start you know he's so down at the beginning of season two and um and so at the beginning of season three actually i said to him This kind of has worked. What if we think of season three? You know, third movement of a classical symphony would have been a scherzo movement, which interestingly comes from the the root of it is the is 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 Italian for a joke. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's actually a movement. Usually, it would be in three four time, triplets three four. You know, a little off kilter and. I was said, you know, what if I explore a lot of triplets kind of three, four time, what if you have this feeling? And it worked because the idea was like, oh, there's a metaphorical bomb that goes off at the end of season two mm-hmm. and everything is scattered. Who knows where the center of power is anymore? Who's with who, you know? So that kind of felt right. This sort of, you know, this sort of bump, 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 yeah. you know, kind of stuff. That's really this sort of three, four triplet kind of idea, you know? And, um, and so season four, I don't know. You know, you could say the fourth movement of a sim- of, of a classical symphony. I mean, it's definitely something I've thought of. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know until I do it. But you know, the fourth movement of the symphony. There are actually lots of different ways to approach the fourth movement of a classical symphony. Actually, so sure. I, don't, I don't know what the right answer is um, yet. But but it it's definitely something on the theme side where every season I go out of my way to write new themes and new concepts. And whenever it comes to the sort of initial chords of of the season one theme mm-hmm. um like you're saying i i do sometimes like to wink at those chords you know like i did that in the rondo in f minor from season two where you know it sort of winds up back there or or you know there's a sort of new variation on things in the like the fbi raid for example you hear those chords and there's sort of the rising up out of that and it's new but it has this sort of ending even more complicated kind of overlapping nature to it um I definitely think about that. Just like, what's a way to kind of know that it's still the Roy family, you know? Yeah. How are we still with these? Um, but it's a, kind of answers, I think in a weird way, a deeper question, which is like, what is, you know, what is the sound of succession? That Because that's kind of what I asked myself too, going into season four, like, how do I know what is succession? And it's funny, I, I sort of I sort of know, but I sort of don't, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I think is good because I I think there's still more to do. Like, I yeah. think there's still more to explore. And I'm excited. I'm always excited to sort of find things. There are certain things I've done over the seasons where I've played something I really like, or I've explored something and then been like, it just doesn't feel like the show, though. You know, really like something where I'm like, I really like this theme, just not succession, you know? Yeah. Um, so there is something. I think it's, I think it's this. I think, I think everything comes down to like certain. Tones, you know, it's all about everything's about tone, aesthetic tone, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a type of brooding, sad darkness that somehow feels like succession in a way. And it has to be the type of brooding darkness that if you put it against something funny, it's also funny. (laughs) That's the thing. It has to be dark in a way that actually, if you make it even darker, it's funny, you know, You just described
1: Kendall's mental state, essentially. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. But in a way, there's there's a lot to that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, Kendall was in some ways my starting point for certainly for the idea of hip hop with, mm-hmm. the show, you know, when yeah. he's to the Beastie Boys in the backseat of that car. That was, I think, the first set of dailies I saw, that, mm-hmm. you know,
1: which, by the way, that, that leads me into a quick question about the main title theme in season yeah. two. I noticed yeah. that the. Uh, title theme doesn't just simply start it's got that percussion that leads oh into the intro it.
2: the intro yeah loop. yeah yeah i'm
1: curious loop. like where did that decision come from to be like okay we're gonna have a little bit of a percussion beat and a little bit of the light piano and then it's gonna then jump into the credits as opposed to before we're with smash cut
2: it's a good question, I think. And again, I've done so many times now, so I don't know for sure. I, I did do that that beat concept in season one. I know you did. I remember I just hearing don't, it. And I think I used it. I think I used it at the very beginning of the pilot, actually. Mm-hmm. I think it may be when he's walking in, you actually quietly hear it. And then I don't think we if I were I don't think we used it for a while. Basically. Yeah. And then we used it more in season two.
1: I love the way that a scene will be going, and then it's like you kind of hear it creeping in, and it's like, yeah.
2: oh, here comes the theme. <laughs> you <know? laughs> exactly, you're like, oh wait, you know, you know, we're about to do a main title, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So there's definitely like a creeping in quality. Um, but that was that was something where you know when I when I did the main title, which which interestingly, you know, that main title that was basically the last thing I did in season one. Mm. I did the whole score, and then. I didn't know how long the main title was going to be because we didn't have the actual sequence yet. Wow. Um, And so I, I, in a way that main title was like a summary of all of the ideas I played with. during. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know, like I had, I had been using the chords in the show and, and the strings and there was the weird little windy attitude piano and there were all these different things, but I actually just didn't know how long it was. I hadn't even made that full track at all you know, and actually I wasn't sure in frankness, I wasn't sure what the B theme was going to be. I wasn't sure where we go after we have that starting 30 seconds or whatever it is, you know, and it was really, um, it was in doing, I think it was in doing, it was, it was a, a theme that I had initially done in the pilot. Um, when they're going out to play the baseball, the softball game. Yes. And then you hear a version of that in the end credits of that, which I had worked on mm-hmm. and it was a theme, the sort of bump, you know, bump, that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, and I was like, you know what, I, I want to experiment with that and how it works, but I still wasn't sure the version. And then once I started putting the the first part together, I tried it in the second part, but then once I had the strings with it, then it started all kind of coming together. So it was really the it's kind of the strings and the cello in the middle and that that was how it kind of felt right to me but anyway long story short that was actually basically the last thing i did in season one after i'd written the whole score for season one so
1: that's that's incredible and i love hearing you talk about like just your process and also to how the music of the show comes together because i would be lying if i didn't tell you that i have like playlists of season one two and three and i i actually use it to get through like my day to day like it's perfect perfect like sit down and concentrate music
2: it's it's really (laughs) fantastic well that Um, that makes me very happy I'm I I love knowing that the music um you know kind of exists in the world in a way um Mm -hmm. that's I think for any composer that has to be sort of the dream you know is that is that the music uh become you know becomes a part of people's lives or people you know want to want to engage with it outside perhaps just the show itself yeah
1: So uh, you do have uh, two titles coming up this year with Carmen and She Said. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking forward to your work on uh, both of those, uh, and also too you have Andor, and you also did uh, Winning Time uh, recently as well. Yeah, I did coming back to, coming back together with Adam McKay and a few others on that one. So you're, yeah. you're keeping very very busy. Uh, what can we expect uh, from you in the future?
2: Let's see. Of the things that I can talk about, let's see. I can. Uh, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I'm I, you know. Of all those things, um, there's a lot. There's a lot happening for sure. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, also working with Barry Jenkins on uh, the the new Lion King as well. Wow. Is that da- is that daunting? Having to step into Hans Zimmer's shoes. You know, it's, it's its own film. You know what I mean? Obviously I I think Hans's work is in the original, the original Lion King is legendary and yes, basically every respect. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, but you know, I, I really trust in, in the collaboration I have with Barry. That's so much, that's so much of all of this, I think is I, I, I couldn't do this without these amazing collaborators and, um, and it's through, you know it's through those connections with you know artistic connections through you know let's say Barry or you mentioned Adam or Jesse it's through those partnerships and conversations that we figure things out so um to me it's just really exciting i think we uh we definitely have time to really explore things and Barry's already very deep at work on it i've done things certainly already but mm-hmm. uh, much much more to do and um and uh and i think in the very near term yet yeah, andor is probably the next Um, the next larger scale, uh, project to come out, uh, in September. So yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I'm excited about that a lot. I worked on that for about, actually it was like over two years. So wow. A lot. That's definitely longer than normal. A lot of work. It was, it is a (laughs) massive undertaking and, uh, Tony Gilroy, our showrunner is just incredible. Had just such an amazing time working with Tony and, um, yeah, very excited for people to see the show.
1: Incredible. Well, I am very, very excited for more people to listen to your work on succession if they have not already, which they should. Thank you. Uh, and also too, I hope that they, uh, you know, continue watching the show and it keeps keep growing and, uh, just continuing on this really amazing run that it's been on so far, because I, I, I talked to many of the cast members and uh, they all echo the same thing, which is like, they just want the show to just keep going for as long as it can. Cause the writing is there, the creative element is there, like you said, and the story is just so gripping. So I really, really hope that you guys can continue to do the show for, you know, I know it can't last forever, but <laughs> selfishly I want it to.
2: <laughs> it's been an amazing experience and I echo everything you just said. I mean, every every element of the show is so inspiring to me and to all of us i feel we each kind of inspire each other and and it's lucky to get that to get the chance to to work on something like that that really um is inspiring that that you're excited about um where everyone encourages everybody to to try thing you know so i i think it's you know we don't we don't take anything for granted amazing well, Nicholas, thank you so much once again for taking the time to chat with me about totally. this
1: today. And uh, I look forward to all of the future work and future yeah. success that I'm sure
2: is to come as well. Thank you, and all best wishes to you. And again, I'm I, I'm so honored to learn that I was your first podcast guest. So this is a I, I went back and I re listened to here. it.
1: I was <laughs> like, how green was I back then? <laughs> <laughs> That's but awesome. hey, thank you.
2: That was great, of
1: course, of course. All right, man. You have a good rest of your day. All right. You too. Take care. Take care. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the Emmy-nominated composer for Succession, Nicholas Bertel, here on the Next Best Series podcast. Nicholas Bertel is up for your consideration for outstanding music composition for a series' original dramatic score, and Succession is also up for your consideration in 25 categories at this year's Primetime Emmy Awards. You have been listening to the Next Best Series podcast, part of the Next Best Picture podcast umbrella, and we are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network.
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW Void or prohibited by law. See terms
2: and conditions 18 plus.